You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Sacramento Kings are back home in their own beds, safe and sound. I'm sure they are just as anxious to be back as Kings fans are to have them back. The six-game road trip, the longest road trip of the season, is over and the Kings through 50 games are 25 and 25. Hello everybody, welcome into the Locked On Kings podcast, Monday edition, another week here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This podcast is your daily hub for Sacramento Kings coverage. If you're looking for in-depth analysis and game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews from all the local and national experts, player sound, we have it all right here for you. You have made the right decision if you call yourself a Sacramento Kings fan. Welcome back to those who are longtime listeners and welcome into those who are new. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here on Locked On Kings. I'm from Sports 1140 KHDK, which is the flagship radio station of the Kings in the California capital, Sacramento, California. And I am excited to be able to go and see a freaking Kings game live again. It feels like it's been forever and the Atlanta Hawks are coming into town. The Kings begin a, uh, a pretty solid sizable homestand here, but it's not an easy one. The schedule, even though they have returned from this long six-game road trip, and even though they went just two and four on the six-game road trip, uh, this homestand and the uh, the schedule following gets a little more difficult. Now, again, the second half of their set schedule is easier overall than the first half of their schedule, but they're still going through a stretch here where they're going to play a lot of Western Conference opponents, and there still is a lot of talent in the West, as we know the, re- uh, the Western playoff race is picking up more and more. However, we're starting to see separation between the contenders and the pretenders for the 8th, 7th, and 6th seeds. We're going to talk about that a little bit. We're going to touch on these uh, two most recent games. The Kings beat the Memphis Grizzlies, then fall to the Los Angeles Clippers yesterday. Anthony Davis wants out of New Orleans. How can the Kings be involved in that And the Kings getting a lot of representation at All-Star Weekend. All of this to touch on here in the next half an hour or so. So please enjoy, sit back, relax, get ready to uh, be a part of the show as well. You can join in at any time on social media at MattGeorgeKHDK. Join the conversation by talking directly to me there. Make sure you let me know that you listen to the Locked on Kings podcast. You can also reach me via email, mgeorgeatsaclocalmedia.com, or you can call in to our voice mailbox at any time, whether it's after a game, uh, before a game, after a a podcast, before a podcast, if you have any questions, if you want to respond to anything that we talk about here on the podcast, the voice mailbox is a great way to do that, and it gives you an opportunity to be featured here on the podcast itself. That number is 909-566-0232. Let's jump into a couple of these games, and we'll start with the Memphis Grizzlies game where the Kings won 99-96. All I really want to talk about in this game is the fact that no win is easy and the Memphis Grizzlies have been on a massive slide they lost 17 of their last 20 games heading into this contest against the Sacramento Kings and still they hung around they put themselves in a lot of positions to uh, to win the game the Kings certainly didn't look their best and that's really the theme of this entire road trip the Kings on the road trip two and four they're lucky that they didn't go one and five they're even lucky that they didn't go oh and six in a way because their two wins were very very close including uh, that buddy healed 
game winner against the Detroit Pistons in, I think, game two of the road trip. So the Kings are very fortunate that they are able to get two wins out of this trip, and they did not play good basketball in any of these six games. Now, they had good moments, and there was a great moment at the end of this Kings-Grizzlies game that we'll talk about in just a little bit, but the Kings need to get back to playing the solid, consistent, and fun offensive basketball uh, that they've been playing for the majority of this season. They lost that, quite frankly, during this six-game road trip, and that's what I'm looking for them to correct during the homestand. Now, we know they also have defensive issues, rebounding issues, things of that sort, but this team will not be successful until they have their consistent offense established. And it was consistent for a majority of the start of the season. Now it's fallen off a little bit, and it's no surprise that we're seeing the Kings struggle because of that. But we did get a great moment in this game as the Kings won 99-96, and that was another... De'Aaron Fox, I don't know if game winner is the right word. Let's call it a dagger. De'Aaron Fox against Mike Conley had a beautiful, a gorgeous step back jumper. He was actually fouled on the play. You can go check out and see the slow motion uh, recap or replay of the actual shot itself. And Mike Conley clearly gets him on the arm, but that doesn't matter. He made the shot anyway. And this stat comes from Alex Kramers, who's who's done a lot uh, or has covered the Kings for a long time. One of the things he said, or he tweeted this stat out, De'Aaron Fox has made 7 of 11 career shots in the last 30 seconds when the score is within 2 points. That is incredible. De'Aaron Fox, we know he likes the ball in his hands in big moments, and he provided, he stepped up for the Kings when they needed him. He was the one that was able to put that game away. And remember how huge he was earlier on in the season when the Kings beat the Memphis Grizzlies uh, in Sacramento. It was the second time they beat the Memphis Grizzlies in Sacramento. Mike Conley had a massive game, remember? Uh, He was lights out from three-point range, had seven three-pointers going into the fourth quarter. He played nine minutes in the fourth quarter and didn't score a single point. That's because defensively De'Aaron Fox locked him down. This time it was De'Aaron Fox getting the better of Conley and winning the game with his offense. In the fourth quarter, Fox finished with 22 points, five assists, six rebounds. He did, unfortunately, Unfortunately, turned the ball over seven times, and that's the biggest issue that I'm seeing recently with Fox. I think uh, there's some mental fatigue there. He's rushing, getting himself into some bad situations. He's doing what Tyreek did a lot his rookie season and his sophomore season. Remember, he'd drive to the rim. He'd get into trouble. He'd leave his feet and then would be forced to, to pass the ball out, and usually it was a result uh, in a, a turnover. That's something that he's struggled with over the past few games, so that's a correction that I would like to see here during this homestand. But he did get the uh, get the shot to drop, and it was good to see him bounce back, especially uh, because he was coming off of, remember, multiple days rest. He did not play in the Toronto Raptors game. He rested in that. Uh, so it's important to pay attention to that and to bring that context in uh, for the grand scheme of things. And it's a good thing for De'Aaron Fox that he was able to get the confidence by getting that game-winning bucket. Another great game for Buddy Heald. He had 26 points, 6 of 9 from 3-point range, 9 of 18 from the field. He just continues to be a beast. Marvin Bagley, really the only main contributor off the bench, had 14 points on 6 of 15 shooting. But I also want to talk about Nemanja Bialica because we know Bialica has been struggling. Uh, he looked tired, so they gave him the rest during the Toronto Raptors game. You could tell he came out with an energy and an effort in this Memphis Grizzlies game. He was wanting and desperate uh, to turn things around, to figure things out, and he did so in a major way. In 33 minutes, he had 17 points on 4 of 4 from 3-point range, also pulled down 11 rebounds, had 3 blocks and a steal as well. So Nemanja Bielica filled up the stat sheet and really got a good confidence-building game. 
Unfortunately, though, he couldn't build off of it as he and the Kings once again stumbled yesterday in their matinee game against the Los Angeles Clippers. Now, I need to go one of these days. I'll hit the uh, the stat book and, and really look through and get a number of what the Kings' overall record is uh, in their Sacramento era in matinee games because the Kings never seem to get off to good starts in matinee games. And there's not really much of an excuse there because they're also taking on another Western Conference opponent. So it's not like the Clippers were used to it, but the Clippers just came out with an energy that the Kings couldn't match. They were in a very big hole early. They trailed by 13 at the end of the first quarter, 34 to 21, trailed by 16 points, I think was the biggest lead uh, for the Clippers. They did a good job to battle back, and in the late third quarter, early fourth quarter, they actually put themselves in a position to be within single digits. Got to it a couple times. I think they got to within six, but the Clippers stepped on the throat, and once again, Montrez Harrell just dominated, dominated the Kings. And I know Kings fans are desperate to have someone like Harrell on this team, someone who just plays with an energy and a hustle. Uh, Harrell has had now three straight fantastic performances. He, in 29 minutes off the bench, had 25 points and seven rebounds, 11 of 13 from the field. That's because all of his buckets come inside the paint because all he does is play with energy, hustle, fight for rebounds, go back up and dunk it or lay it up either get fouled or just finish uh, at the rim. Montrez Harrell and this Clippers team in general just is a very bad matchup for the Kings. And they've shown it now in three straight meetings. They've made the Kings look silly. Uh, Really, the Clippers have been the only team so far this season that the Kings have not been competitive against, which is both a good thing and a bad thing. It's a bad thing because the Clippers currently are in that 7th to 8th seed range. And if you can't beat them, you can't make up any ground to try and steal that spot away from them. But every team has their bad matchup. Remember, uh, a couple of years ago, the Toronto Raptors with DeMar DeRozan and, and, and Kyle Lowry, they struggled against the Kings. The Kings beat them a, a number of times because it just wasn't a good matchup for them. Now, this is when the Kings had DeMarcus Cousins. Since then, we know the Raptors have won both games this season. DeMarcus isn't here anymore. It's changed. But that team was a bad matchup for the Raptors. This year, the Clippers are a bad matchup for the Kings. Unfortunately, they're also a division rival, not just a conference rival, so you're guaranteed to play them four times. The Kings are going to have an attempt uh, to salvage a game out of this series, but I would not be surprised at all if the uh, the Clippers complete their four-game sweep. So, Kings come home 2-4 and on the road trip. Not the worst thing on the planet, not the end of the world. They did what they needed to do in Memphis. They got the win. It looked scary at times, but they got the win, guaranteed themselves a 2-4 and four road trip. I guarantee you the players are disappointed. I know I'm disappointed. Some fans are disappointed. Uh, but overall, big picture, right? We just talk about big picture and the importance of big picture. And the big picture with this Sacramento Kings team is that through 50 games, guys, they are 25 and 25. And that cannot be understated how important and how key that is for the growth and the development of this team. Now, we're at a, an interesting situation. We're at kind of an impasse, right? And this is going to transition into what we're talking about in the next segment here. And, and, and when we start talking more and more about the trade deadline, the Kings are going to be forced to make a little bit of a decision. But the Kings are at an interesting spot. There's kind of a line in the sand right now. And Kings fans have a line in the sand of, Do I judge this team based off of their development from the past or based off of their playoff hopefulness? And I'm kind of towing this line a little bit. I'm leaning more towards the playoff hopefulness. But again, that's not from a place of expectation. 
I'm not expecting the Kings to make the playoffs with the idea that the Kings will have a failure of a season if they don't make it. What I'm saying is this Kings team expects and wants to be a playoff team. Uh, They believe that they're in the hunt for the reason and that they can close the gap. Currently, they are three and a half games, or sorry, three games total back from the eighth seed, which is owned by the Los Angeles Clippers right now. They're uh, only three and a half games back of the 7th and 6th seeds, which are currently held by the Utah Jazz and San Antonio Spurs. So the Kings believe that they are in a position and they can be a playoff team. So I'm judging them based off of what they believe they are. Again, full disclosure, I did not expect this team to be a playoff team coming into this season. If they make the playoffs, it's the cherry on top. I'm already pleased with how this season has gone. The fact that they're over or they're at 500. 50 games into the season, they already have 25 wins here at the end of January, is already a win for me, and I'm going to be happy regardless of if they play, make the playoffs or not. But, just so you know, my approach to the remainder of the season is the Kings believe they're going to be a playoff team, so I am going to look at each game and break down each game with playoff implications, just so you understand. Woke up on this Monday morning to a Woj bomb. Anthony Davis and his agent Rich Paul have informed the New Orleans Pelicans that he wants out of New Orleans. Anybody surprised? I'm definitely not. I think we saw the writing on the wall there. I think the New Orleans Pelicans knew it, and this just gives them closure. And in a way, this is a great thing for New Orleans, and in a way, this is a bad thing for New Orleans. Of course, uh, it's a bad thing because Anthony Davis wants out. Anthony Davis is a bona fide superstar, and no team wants to lose a bona fide superstar. Where it's great for the Pelicans is now that we know his 100% true intentions. They won't make a stupid move like mortgaging their future to try and get another star in here or another big-name player in here to convince Anthony Davis to stay. Now they know he is gone, so it's really not going to hurt them uh, by getting an, another star and trying to uh, uh, trying to woo him to keep him around. I think they're pretty, pretty safe to assume that that ship has sailed. They know Anthony Davis is not motivated by money. He is motivated by winning right now. So that's a good thing in its own right, and now they can focus on just rebuilding and trying to turn things around for their organization. Here's the bad news, though. Now all 29 other teams in the league know that that is the case as well, which means that has an effect on Anthony Davis's trade value. What I mean by that is that teams now know that the New Orleans Pelicans are going to be desperate to get something of value, something of return for Davis. They're not just going to want to watch him ride off into the sunset and get nothing for him and wave goodbye and thank him for the great years that he was there throughout the, the start of his career. They're going to want to get some kind of compensation in return and take advantage of a team that is desperate to bring him in, that is willing to mortgage their future in order to do it to try and win games right now. The obvious target, the obvious team that seems to be involved based off the rumors that we heard is the Los Angeles Lakers, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But every single team now knows that Anthony Davis wants out and the Pelicans are going to try and get some value for him, which means that they can lowball a little bit. They don't have to offer uh, the house. They don't have to try uh, and, uh, or they don't have to pay max price for Davis because the power isn't necessarily in the court of New Orleans. They don't have the ability to really say no to too many things because they want to try and get something in return. So, The alleged rumor right now is that the Los Angeles Lakers are willing to trade Lonzo Ball, 
Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma for a big-name player, that big-name player being Anthony Davis. Every single bit of the writing on the wall points to Anthony Davis wanting to go to L.A. to play for the Lakers, play with LeBron, and try and build a dynasty there. Anthony Davis also uh, will be able to basically decide his future. The Lakers are a legitimate uh, team that can sign him long-term, so... It makes sense for them to just want to go after him right now and get it done because they can know they can mortgage their future and not risk losing him for basically just a, a, a two, three-month rental. So they're willing to part with a lot of young talent to do it. Now, in Sacramento, we think of a trade like this and we think, God, the, the Lakers are insane to give up that much, even if it is for Anthony Davis. But remember, this is Los Angeles. This is a market that developing talent, they don't give a damn about that because they can just buy it. They're the Lakers. They're LA. They can always attract talent. So building through the draft, they can maybe find a role player or two to help them through the draft, but they're not interested in developing stars through the draft. They really never have been with the exception of Kobe Bryant. But recently, because of the LA market, because of endorsements, because of Hollywood, everything, they are always and only interested in throwing the money and trying to just attract the names the good old-fashioned way by saying, hey, I'm going to pay you. I'm going to pay you. Come here. I'm going to pay you. We're in LA. What more could you want? So... They're going to try and use that to their advantage by making sure that they can get Anthony Davis and they're more than willing to part ways with young talent because they can make up for it with their their pocketbook. And, and in one summer of free agency, we know that they're interested in going after Kawhi Leonard too. They're probably going to be involved maybe in the DeMarcus Cousins sweepstakes depending upon what happens with Anthony Davis. But ultimately, if this rumor were true, and this is the, the trade that's on the table, first and foremost, if you're the Pelicans, you're trying to make it and get it done Immediately, right? You're like, hell yeah. If you want Anthony Davis, fine. Uh, we will take a combination of Ingram ball and a pick or uh, Kuzma ball and a pick. And that's where I think it's interesting because the report says those three players, right? Ball, Kuzma, and Ingram. But roster spot-wise and financially, it doesn't make sense, which means most likely there's going to need to be a third team involved in the deal. Q, the Sacramento Kings. Now, before we dive into this, I just want to tell you, there's no chance in hell that the Kings are getting Anthony Davis, and even if they could get Anthony Davis, he wouldn't re-sign here anyway, so they'd just be mortgaging their future for a rental. I shouldn't need to say this, but I know some people have approached me on social media and said, can the Kings go out and get Anthony Davis? The answer is no, and they shouldn't want to. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't fit with the plan, and that's what Vladi is always about, making a move that fits with the plan. Now, here's a move that does fit with the plan. The Sacramento Kings are the only team right now with cap space to be able to take on bag contracts. We've talked about that 100,000 million times this season, and it is still going to be a massive conversation and a huge, it has a huge part to play here as we approach the trade deadline. Because of that situation and that cap space, the Kings are going to be connected in every rumor on the planet. We've heard it with Harrison Barnes. We've heard it with uh, Otto Porter. We've heard it with now Mark Gasol is a big rumor that the Kings are involved in that and might be willing to take on like a Chandler Parsons contract too in order to get Mark Gasol here. We've heard all sorts of rumors involving the Kings and that's going to be the case because the Kings have money, they have cap space, and they are buyers at this trade deadline. So don't read too far into every single rumor. But here is something that I would like to see the Kings potentially do. I don't know how it works out, if it works out, and if you have a scenario that's better than mine, whether you did some research on it, you read it, or you did it on NBA Trade Machine, I don't care. Anything's fair game. Be sure to send it to me on Twitter or via email, at MattGeorgeKHDK on Twitter or MGeorgeSackLocalMedia.com via email. But the scenario that I have come up with that I would like to see the Kings 
try and exercise in some way, shape, or form is get involved in this sweepstakes. Say, Lakers, okay, you're willing to part with three young pieces and a draft pick in order to get Anthony Davis. Well, I don't think the Pelicans, even though they might want to take all of it, I don't think they can take all of it. So here's what we'll do. We'll work with both teams. We'll take a player or a bad contract or two. If you give us that pick, Lakers, and you give us one of those players, or if you just give us one of those players and give New Orleans the pick, we will be the team that you need. You need us to take on a bad contract? Done. Give us Ingram. You need us to take on a uh, or some salary for the next couple of years or like two or three players that are really menial and buy them out? Done. Give us a draft pick. Give us Kyle Kuzma. The Kings are in a situation to where they can exercise options. If the Pelicans and the Lakers are really going to be involved in negotiations involving this amount of players and this amount of talent. They're going to need a third team to get it done. I think the Kings need to be the annoying stepchild or the annoying bug. Vlade should be calling the Lakers and should be calling the Pelicans every 30 seconds saying, how far are you? We can be the third team. Let's talk. How far are you? We can be the third team. Let's talk. We will help you out. What do you need? And here's what we want out of it. I guarantee you, Vlade, if that option is there, he and the Kings organization are going to be involved in some way, shape, or form. I do not have the situation or the specifics of how I would make a a deal done. I haven't looked at the finances closely. I haven't looked at the the rules and regulations of the the CBA and and everything. I I haven't done that research yet. What I'm saying is the best-case scenario for the Kings— is if they can find a way to enter their way into this sweepstakes and get Brandon Ingram out of it, even if they have to take on a bad contract to do it, that would be phenomenal for this organization. Brandon Ingram is 21 years old, fits what you need in that depth at the small forward position, fits the mold exactly of what you're trying to do, which is build a young core together. Check every single box with that. I don't see the situation personally. I don't know what it is. I'd have to be convinced a little bit. I think it's wishful thinking. However, if the Kings can somehow work their way into it and maybe get their hands on one of those three names, Brandon Ingram being the most ideal one, Lonzo Ball being the least ideal one, then the Kings will be in a very, very good spot. Kyle Kuzma is also an interesting name as well, but I doubt uh, the Pelicans are going to want to let him slide. Kyle Kuzma would be the main player in return, most likely, for Anthony Davis between New Orleans and between Los Angeles. So again, if you have a scenario that you think works, or if you like those trade ideas, if you want Ingram, if you want any of those Lakers pieces, or if you don't want them at all and you want the Kings to stay out of it, let me know on social media, at MattGeorgeKCK on Twitter, and let me know uh, via email, mgeorgeatsaclocalmedia.com. You can also call at any time our voicemail box and reach uh, reach me then. That would be fantastic as well. Super easy to do. All you have to do is call the number 909-566-0232. The Sacramento Kings are going to have some pretty good, if not great, representation at All-Star Weekend. Now, unfortunately, it's unlikely that they'll have any players in the All-Star game itself on Sunday. I think that's to be expected. That's okay. De'Aaron Fox out of guards uh, in the Western Conference, I think, finished 12th, and that includes fan vote and player voting. He actually received a a fair amount of player votes, which uh, good on him. I'm I'm glad he uh, is getting some recognition amongst his peers. I expect a lot of them come from the Sacramento Kings themselves. But, you know, 
doesn't matter. He's getting recognition amongst his peers, but the Kings most likely will not have any representation on All-Star Sunday. However, we now know for a fact they are going to have representation on All-Star Saturday. That means De'Aaron Fox is competing in the Skills Challenge, which is fantastic. One of the guys he'll be competing against is none other than rookie sensation Luka Doncic. So that'll be even more fun. And then we just found out officially that Buddy Heald will be competing in the three-point contest. His uh, only two competitors that I know for sure that he's going against right now are the Curry brothers, Seth Curry and Steph Curry will both be in that contest. So Buddy Heald getting the recognition he deserves to be there. Uh, one fan on Twitter mentioned it would be awesome to see him wear a Peja Stojakovic jersey, Peja was the last king uh, to compete in a three-point contest and actually win the three-point contest. So it would be cool to, uh, or if Buddy paid homage to him by wearing a Peja jersey, I don't know if he's going to do that or not. I just thought that was a cool scenario. But Kings fans, you have something to root for during All-Star Weekend as Buddy Heel will be in that three-point contest and De'Aaron Fox will be in the skills challenge. But that's not all. We're still awaiting the official announcement, but we expect De'Aaron Fox to be involved in the Rising Stars Challenge. We expect... Marvin Bagley to be involved in the Rising Stars Challenge, and we expect Bogdan Bogdanovich to be involved in the Rising Stars Challenge. Now, Bogey's kind of in an interesting situation because, remember, he's technically on his second NBA contract because he didn't play any of his rookie contract because he stayed uh, overseas and played for uh, for Fenerbahce. But this is technically only his sophomore season, so he is eligible to play in it despite being older. Uh, so we could see a, 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 a real scenario of Bogdan Bogdanovich and uh, Luka Doncic on the same team, Team World, against Marvin Bagley and De'Aaron Fox, which would be pretty cool uh, to watch. So we know the Kings are going to get good representation at All-Star Weekend. I'm excited about that. I hope you are as well. If you think either of those guys are going to win their competition, uh, let me know. Let's start spreading that optimism right now, and it'll be fun to see them in Charlotte on that major stage. That does it for today's episode. Of the Locked On Kings podcast, threw a lot at you, talking a lot of, uh, just a lot of stuff happened this weekend, but we're entering one of my favorite times of the year, which is trade deadline season. So the rumors are going to pick up. Be careful what what you read and don't read too far into it, but soak everything in that you can and be sure to keep coming back to the Locked On Kings podcast as your hub and foundation for what is real, what is not, and we'll break down and talk about all scenarios. We'll play armchair GM. We're going to have a lot of fun here over these next couple of weeks, so be sure to keep Keep it right here. Thank you to everybody who listened to today's podcast, and I look forward to uh, having you on for future episodes. We're doing a all or listener only podcast coming up very, very shortly. I'll have details on that probably later this week, so be sure to stay tuned for that. I will talk to you all tomorrow. Until then, my name is Matt George. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.